0: September 11th, 2001, nearly 3,000 people were killed. Four plane crashes throughout the country. Obviously the worst day in American history, right? No, not if you are a swamp-dwelling, Trump-hating Republican like George Will. He will tell you that January 6th, when one person was killed, just one person, an unarmed Trump supporter, was killed by police. And some glass was broken and some bad things happened and people are being punished. That is on par with 9-11. This is what they are telling themselves and us. I would like to see
1: January 6th as burned into the American mind as firmly as 9-11. Because it was that scale of, of shock to the system.
0: Scale? Wow. Uh... This is Trump derangement syndrome, everybody. This is the result, okay? He hates Trump. I'm going to show you how and why in a moment. Uh, But more observations from George Will.
1: We have something new in American history that is a political party defined by the terror it feels for its own voters. That's the Republican Party right now. Every elected official is frightened of his voters, therefore doesn't respect his voters, doesn't like his voters, and is afraid that a vote for this will be seen as an insult to the 45th president.
0: Look, uh, we like President Trump and the voters, yeah. (laughs) What's wrong with the system where the voters are calling the shots, where the people are calling the shots? That's actually okay with us. Not, though, if you spent your entire life in the swamp like George Will. All right, back to the animus. Yeah, George Will's been around for a long time, but never be fooled by somebody who is a beautiful speaker and writer um, because that doesn't mean they're actually any better than anybody. And you know who saw through this guy? (laughs) very early on, our favorite.
2: Well, George is a major loser. You know, he's a tower guy. Nobody watches him. Very few people listen to him. It's over for him, and I never want to support you. These real geniuses, like George Will, with the little glasses, take away the glasses. He looks like a dumb guy, I'm telling you.
0: (laughs) I think he's got you there, George, huh? Uh, But George, he brought it on himself. And making this comparison, huh? January 6th, as bad as September 11th. It is a ludicrous comparison, but this is the version that's taken hold with Republicans and, of course, Democrats.
1: They know what this report would say, and it would be a damning report about not only what happened, but what was behind what happened, and they can't afford that.
0: Talking about the commission they want to set up to investigate um, January 6th, how does he know what it would say ahead of time? He's not in Congress. He has no official position right now. Maybe because it's rigged, they're going to get the results that they want out of that probe? He said something else very interesting.
1: This is a case, uh, straight up, that if that report gets issued, there's going to be a whole group of both independent voters and what I would call soft Republicans who are going to be terrified by a party dominated by Trump and the likings. And I think George is absolutely right, which is you've never had a party a major party in a country that is scared of a minority of its uh, voters and frightened rather than leading them, they're being led by them. Well, the word isn't frightened, of course,
0: but uh, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with leadership that responds to the will of the people? Donald Trump recognized the value of the people, what the people had to say. That's why we like him, and that's why he likes us. Isn't that terrific? Instead of delegating it all to these weirdos in the swamp, who are out for themselves and not for us, it makes perfect sense. By the way, Donald Trump, a fierce supporter of Israel. What happened last week in the Middle East would never have happened if he were president, and what happened in America last week would not have happened if Donald Trump were president. You saw this anti-Jewish violence on the streets of New York, and nobody seemed to give a damn. I mean, <laughs> nobody in the media. Uh, If they covered it, they politely called it clashes between groups. No, this is anti-Semitism. Pure anti-Semitism. And what did the Sunday shows do yesterday? Uh, Not a word of it um, on the Meet the Press or Stephanopoulos. Not a word about this. Instead, they focused on the threat from the right. When I was looking at social media, you had put this picture here saying that Jovi Vow was coming to speak at one of your rallies here. And then this is him, Jovi Val, with a racist and, I mean, this is a Nazi hand gesture. And then he posted here, get in, we're hunting Juden. So he's talking about
1: Jews. And that's him at your platform. Do you think that's someone who's a white supremacist?
0: So they re-ran this yesterday. Uh, They tracked down some guy who's running for dog catcher in rural Georgia who has a checkered past. This is who they're elevating. The guy who wants to be dog catcher in rural Georgia trying to say that he represents a, a force in American politics. That this guy is what January 6th was all about. It's nonsense, of course. It's total nonsense. I think they have Trump derangement syndrome so bad, though, they don't even realize that. They're starting to believe their own nonsense. Also, take a look at this. It's quite obvious. This was bound to happen a year ago. Black Lives Matter, the summer of, all those riots and people saying it was beautiful to stand up and give the middle finger to cops. Well, what's the result? Increased violence across the board against cops, against people, people of color, white people. It's happening,
2: and it's ugly. As the nation's chronic epidemic of gun violence continues, the young are not being spared. At least 120 children age 11 and under have been killed in gun violence, not including suicide so far this year, 281 wounded, nearly 500 youth ages 12 to 17 killed, over 1,100 wounded. Gun violence deaths surging in the last three years, spiking 30% when comparing 2020 to 2018. While we're all justifiably focused on the pandemic, there was an incredible surge in gun violence last year. And it's starting to feel like a challenging summer ahead, guys.
3: It certainly does, Pierre,
0: thank you. Mm, challenging. Sounds like a horrific summer ahead. Now, what do these people care? Each one of those individuals makes a minimum of $12 million a year, a million dollars a month. You think they care about the conditions they helped create last summer, glorifying violence and condemning cops? That's what they helped do. Across the board, our entire culture is so-called racial reckoning and conversation about cops. Look what they have done. Look at the results. You heard the reporter talk about shootings through the roof. This is what has happened as a result of some really ignorant people. And the media coverage, media coverage has brought this on. And for now, we're going to have to deal with it. I'll be right back.
2: Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and, believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Is Is that that the the fake fake news news? just Just doesn't doesn't get it, do they?
0: They They don't. They don't. don't. And they totally love Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that silly person. Here she is having a meltdown on the floor of the House of Representatives at some point. Anyway, I think she's very, very silly. But she's getting therapy, and uh, she obviously could use some. Now, she says it's because of January 6th, but... It's from last year. Uh, Here she is on a recent podcast.
4: If I take a couple months now and just be really good, then I don't have to live with this thing festering and lingering with me like a roommate in my apartment (laughs) for years.
2: So you're doing therapy?
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing therapy, but also I've just slowed down, I think, the Trump administration had a lot of us, especially Latino communities, in a very reactive mode.
0: Uh, January sixth, fault and Donald Trump's fault, of course. Anyway, she's in therapy. Hey, don't forget, she was BSing everybody about what happened to her on January 6th.
4: I go back in and I, I hide back in. Um, in the bathroom behind the door. And then I just start to hear these yells of, where is she, where is she? And I just thought to myself, they got inside. And I just hear, where is she, where is she? And um, this was the moment where I thought everything was over. I mean,
0: I thought I was going to die. Okay. She's being a drama queen. We know how, she knows how to do that. Can we see the video of her flailing one more time? Because everything that she just said there is not true. It's been proven to be false. She wasn't where she said she was. Okay. This is a person given to dramatics and uh, maybe we should ignore her. Yeah, I'm going to try to start ignoring her. All right. I'll try. She, she does. Yeah, she captures uh, people's attention. All right. Ayatollah Hamani. A leader in Iran, bad guy, uh, doesn't think Israel should exist, uh, would like to see them banned forever, sent a really nasty letter. Remember, this guy's still on social media. That's the thing. He's on social media even though he wants Israel wiped off the map. Take a look at this letter sent to Hamas recently. You'll be victorious by the power of God and cleanse the Holy Land from the filth of the usurpers, God willing. Uh, Folks who know this region seem to know that he is talking about Israel and Jews. And this tweet, By God's power, you will be victorious and purify the Holy Land from the contamination of the usurpers, God willing. It's pretty horrible stuff, uh, and that's allowed to flourish on social media. Meanwhile, Donald Trump can't tweet. Suspended forever. Uh, Where is the logic in that, huh? Or maybe it is logical if you are... Anti-Semitic and uh, all kinds of other things. Black lives do matter, folks. Remember that.
2: <laughs> lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter.
0: Black, black lives do matter. Not the way the Black Lives Matter organization feels. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. No, all black lives matter. White lives, black lives, Asian lives. And the life of 12-year-old Deshaun Bills, shot Thursday in Indianapolis. Now, he died Friday. He was declared brain dead, taken off of life support, 12 years old. He was inside his grandmother's house playing video games. When police say someone drove by the house and opened fire, a stray bullet hit Deshaun, part of a spike in deadly violence in Indianapolis and across the country. There's a big candlelight vigil on Saturday in front of the house. Uh, Police, they're looking for help from the community, asking people to come forward if they know anything.
2: Snatched, not asked to be tampered with, not asked to be shot, didn't wanna get shot, was not in a place to be shot. I'm outraged, I'm disgusted, I'm hurt, I'm angry. We need to light up these communities. We need to put light poles in every community and we need LED lights on them. That way somebody can know to to let, let law enforcement know. Get these guys out of here.
0: The family has set up a fund for funeral expenses and medical bills, Deshaun Bills. It's at the first merchant's bank under the name Glass House. This is all for Deshaun Bills, his family, just 12 years old. We'll be right back
4: you're on the go and need news now no paywalls no cable subscriptions just download the newsmax app from your smartphone store it's free and watch newsmax tv anytime anywhere
0: national guard has finally left capitol hill A lot of us thought they had already left, but no, they've been there for months and months and months since January 6th. A lot of people suspect some of this was a political stunt. Maybe these troops were used and even abused. The conditions weren't very good. We thought we'd bring in two members of Congress, both Republicans, and both have significant military experience uh, under their belt. Uh, We have Republican Michael Waltz of Florida and uh, Republican Guy Reschenthaler of Pennsylvania. Welcome, gentlemen. Good to see you.
5: Thanks, Greg. Good to be with you, Greg. Uh,
0: Congressman Walsh, I guess first to you. Uh, what were the troops doing there for this long? Was it at all necessary to have them on the Hill? Yeah,
5: you know, that's a great question. I've asked the Pentagon repeatedly to show me the threat that required more National Guard troops sitting on our Capitol than we have in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. You know, what is this massive horde uh, that's coming over the horizon in a surprise attack that requires on top of one of the most police cities uh, in in the nation uh, to have a brigade's worth of soldiers. And, and keep in mind, Greg, these aren't active duty soldiers. They have real lives. They, they have jobs, businesses, uh, you know, uh, families that they're away from for all this time. And importantly, the Guard is a strategic asset for domestic missions. That the states really need—they've been used for COVID, for testing, for social unrest, natural disasters—and they still have to go overseas. They constitute about 30% of our force uh, that goes overseas on deployments. And yet, on top of all of that, uh, they've been sitting on Fort Pelosi <laughs> with no threat, staring at a fence uh, for for Lord knows what. And and one could only. Yes, for political optics, as you mentioned in your opening.
0: So uh, thank you, Uh, and and Representative uh, Reschenthaler, I mean, what is the message? We need all this security to protect us from those those Trump supporters who, who knows, they may be back to wage uh, another insurrection.
3: Is that what Pelosi and her comrades are thinking? Well, two quick points. Number one, uh, my good friend Mike Waltz is absolutely correct. This is about optics, this is political theater. These, these troops are in bad conditions. Uh, Mike actually bought them lunch on more than one occasion. He should get credit for that. But Nancy Pelosi was using them, pulling them from their daily lives just for theater. These troops could have been used in other places. Additionally, Greg, think about the hypocrisy of this. As soon as there is a perceived threat by House Democrats and Democrats in the Capitol, in comes the troops, up goes the walls. But if you're, a, if you're somebody on a, on a border town, they want to tear down those walls. Or if you're in if you're in a neighborhood and you want to have police protection, they want to defund the police. It's nice of them to say that when they have walls around the Capitol and private security guards, but your small town can't have police or they want to defund those police and your border town in Texas or along the border can't have a wall. That's the the hypocrisy of the Democrat Party right now.
0: Uh, Pretty wild. And. Uh, we we saw some pictures. They're sleeping on the floor. Did they get that straightened out? I mean, we saw those reports back when it was still cold out that they were on the floor. Uh, they The food was crummy. But surely at least they fixed this. I know you brought them lunch there, Congressman Waltz, but uh, they got out of the garage finally, didn't they?
5: Yeah, you know, I mean, thanks for, for mentioning that. We launched uh, Operation Pizza uh, because the, you know, the, that their infrastructure wasn't there. These people were just to house them, to feed them. These people were just yanked out of their businesses and yanked out of their uh, lives with no notice yeah. uh, and, and, and just dropped into the situation. I'm still a colonel in the National Guard. I got to tell you, every time you got to go to your clients, every time you got to go to your employer and say, I have to leave yet again, it needs to be for a strategically uh, critical and important mission. Uh, And we're going to see at the end uh, if they start having recruiting and retention issues for overuse of the guard. It just truly is uh, a crying shame.
0: Both of you voted against the commission, forming a 9-11 style commission. You know, at first, hey, I wanted a commission. I want to find out why there wasn't a perimeter. I want to find out what happened to Ashley Babbitt, why that officer opened fire. But then I looked at the legislation and I can understand why you would vote against it. I think I would have. It branded those who were there right off the bat all domestic terrorists. Keep in mind, these people weren't armed, and a lot of them were allowed to uh, enter the Capitol freely, no resistance whatsoever. Uh, Congressman Reschenthaler, what was on your mind when you voted no?
3: Well, to me, I saw this for what it it is. It's just more political theater from Nancy Pelosi and the left. They wanted this to use, this report to use, to bludgeon us heading into the midterm elections in 2022. It was a way for them to never let this news cycle die. And I'm speaking very bluntly, but this is what the Democrats wanted to do. We don't need a commission. Here's why. We've already appropriated $10 million to the House architect to investigate what what security needs updated and to do the updates to House security. Additionally, let's go back to the 9-11 commission. The 9-11 Commission actually studied the vulnerabilities of the House. They found that it would take a very small number of terrorists to actually overtake the, the House of Representatives in the Senate. Yet, to, to my knowledge, very little was acted upon from the 9-11 Commission. So why don't we go back and visit the 9-11 Commission, take what recommendations are in there, take the $10 million that we've already appropriated— And take action from there. Let's not give the Democrats a weapon to use against us in 22. And let me just say this. This is not a bipartisan commission. There's going to be a Democrat head, a Democrat chief of staff, and that chief of staff will then decide who he or she wants on the team. You know, color me skeptical, but I'm pretty sure that every person on the team that's looking into this will be a Democrat.
0: Gentlemen, I appreciate it so much. And by the way, uh, Guy, uh, excuse me, Congressman, you were a a JAG officer in the Navy. That's terrific. Uh, We all saw that in A Few Good Men. Uh, I understand you deployed a couple of times. Uh, Tell us about one of your cases that you you prosecuted and or defended, your
3: favorite case. Favorite case, Greg, uh, please just call me Guy. I defended a Navy SEAL who was falsely accused of abusing no other than the butcher of Fallujah. I was able to go back to Iraq, defend that Navy SEAL, cross-examined the butcher at Fallujah, showed that his story was totally fabricated, showed that the Obama administration was playing politics with our Navy SEALs. My client was fully acquitted.
0: Awesome, awesome, wow, what a story. And Congressman Waltz, Colonel in the National Guard, uh, your favorite mission or uh, give us a war story or anything if you don't mind.
5: Yeah, so proud to be the first Green Beret uh, elected to Congress. And uh, it's not my favorite mission, but unfortunately, it's the most notorious. I had to lead the search for Bo Bergdahl, uh, if you remember that traitor. Sure. wow. Uh, and, and unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the units around me lost men uh, looking uh, for him. But uh, I'm proud to say that no matter whether you're a traitor, deserter uh, or, or an actual POW, we will never leave uh, an American. And we certainly won't allow you to be a propaganda victory uh, for the Taliban Uh, But I was then the first to go on national television and say, uh, when Obama is calling him a hero, say, time out, America, put up your ticker tape parade. Uh, This is what he did. He stacked up his weapon. He left his gear behind. He emailed his father denouncing America in this kind of manifesto and like to say I also led the charge uh, for accountability to get him booted out of the army. But unfortunately, uh, he didn't get uh, time in prison. And those men and women who died and were hurt looking for them will never come home.
0: That was wild. That was totally wild. Well, great work, both of you. Congressman Michael Waltz, Congressman Guy Reschenthaler, uh, you want to hear my favorite mission? Ah, next time, yeah, next, time uh. next time, next time. <laughs> we're out of time, but uh, it, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't quite compare to what Semper you five. guys were involved in. Uh, very cool. All right, Fi, All right, uh, Fi, have a great one, and we'll be right back.
1: Biden has changed his principles so often he no longer has any principles. He's a Trojan horse with Bernie, AOC, Pelosi, Black Lives Matter and his party's entire left wing just waiting to execute their pro-criminal, anti-police, socialist policies.
5: He
0: wasn't exaggerating. And now, almost a year later, we're joined by America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, welcome back, sir. Hi, you nailed it. You nailed it at the convention. I thought you were exaggerating maybe a little bit. You weren't.
1: No, no, I wasn't. In fact, in fact, it's worse tonight. It's faster and worse than I. particularly the march towards socialism. I mean, if you go back and read uh, Marxist literature in the 19th century, it's almost as if they set up a group of guideposts, and they're reaching them, you know, destroy education, Get them to hate their heroes. Get them to hate their history. And
0: where does anti-Semitism fit in along Whoa, this path? Big because
1: time. We are
0: seeing it. You were very good. The Jewish community and Rudy, you, when you were mayor, yes, uh, very, very close, and they respected you, and you respected no them. No question about it. One uh, of the great. I mean, they were one of the great contributors to the city. So you see, right now there is overt violence. Jews fighting because oh. they're Jews. They're targeted in the streets of New York, and Los Angeles, across this country. What are your thoughts?
1: It it breaks my heart to see it because I I prosecuted two Nazis. Maybe one of the reasons why I'm so strong about Israel is I spent weeks immersing myself in the files. These people killed, one killed 12,000 Jewish people, the other killed 20,000 Jewish people. And when you read these files, uh, it stays with you for the rest of your life. I mean, people uh, people, they torture them first, kill them, all different kinds of things to impress the SS. When I watch those films, I watch the film of, of this stuff in the videos. I think we're in Germany, back in the
0: '30s. It does look like that. And let's show you I some. I of think we're in Germany. What we have been seeing over the past couple of days and weeks here in New York, Jews targeted because they are Jews. This is look at that. A, and you know, what's also very disturbing the lack of media we'll interest in this story. You've noticed that, Mayor?
1: Oh, this is right around the corner from us.
0: Right around we, the corner. We can
1: walk right there.
0: You've realized, though, that not many people are talking about it. You watch the Sunday shows. You've been on the Sunday shows a million times. This is the
1: biggest story in the country right now, because it's it's taking place on both coasts. You've got three, four major attacks in Los Angeles. Here's that
0: explosion I was telling you about. Attack in Florida. But, Mr. Mayor, as you know, it's not
1: the biggest story. It should be, but it's not. Why? This should not happen in America. Of course not. When When I would read those files, I would say to myself, this can't happen in America. I would say this couldn't happen to Jewish people in America. They're too much a part of America. They've built America too much, too much respect for them. This is, this, is, this is a very dangerous thing we're watching. That's a very big sign of how bad things are and how fast we're moving toward the wrong kind of government. I mean, a really fundamental change on our way of life.
0: Well, it's astounding to me, again, that it's happening and the lack of media interest.
1: You said it, it's the biggest story
0: it's not the biggest story.
1: It but should it's frightening. Be. The censorship is frightening. Yeah. When you think about it, they're attacking Jewish people because they're Jewish. They're attacking Jewish people, not Israelis. Some of these people might not even agree with the policies in Israel. We know the Jewish community is very divided about it. These people are getting beat up because they're Jewish, not because of Israelis. And they say terrible things about Jewish people, all the usual anti-Semitic stuff. They're the bankers, they have all the money. I mean, this is sick. But we shouldn't be surprised. Palestinians are trained in their schools to hate Jews and, by the way, to hate Americans.
0: Now, we both understand that this would not be happening if Donald Trump were still in the White House. Oh, there's not. A, I think even people on. on the other side would agree with that. I want to talk to you about uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, we know that Joe Biden checks in with Hunter every night, either on the phone or he texts him. Now, you've said that Hunter Biden is essentially a criminal. Not essentially, essentially. he is.
1: Well, you want a nice easy clear one? How about filling out the form for what was the 38 saying he never took drugs? And I got pictures of him taking drugs five days before. Yeah, that's a a 10-year federal felony Which we treat very seriously In fact liberals want you to treat that seriously, right? You want to keep guns away from drug addicts mentally ill and criminals, right? Well, they didn't do it with hunter hunter violated the law The form is there and the FBI is going like this
0: now, very few people in the world uh, have gone through the hard drive. You have. I have. I think yeah. you yeah. have it. Yeah, yeah. Just, you even have crime, one. It's a crime family. Now, <laughs> tell us, I, and I can't believe this. This is why they, they,
1: this is they go after me, because I'm going <laughs> to tell you the truth. That It's the Biden crime family. 30 years of shaking people down and selling his office. They accumulated millions. That's disgusting. Worse than that, though, is everybody knows it and they get away with it. Daily. 3.5 call? million from Russia. Mm. You think that might have affected his decision on the pipeline? I don't know. If I have the hard drive, one, right, what do you think Russia has on them?
0: Now, since the election, by the way, uh, remember they tried to tell us that that was Russian disinformation. That was all Russian disinformation.
1: Projection, Greg. I I didn't realize it until I went through the hard drive. Everything they charged Trump with, they did. The the corruption with Russia? Who got money from Russia? Not Trump. Hillary got all that money for for letting them have, uh, (laughs) what's atomic fuel? You don't sell atomic fuel to Russia. And so, this guy, we've heard. 3.5 million from look, the mayor of Moscow's.
0: You've, wife. Made, you've made the case. Uh, the Justice Department refuses to listen, or they're going to do it their way, which seems to be in a way that will not harm Hunter. They're, he's under some sort of tax investigation, but it doesn't seem like oh, this is going anywhere.
1: Why right? are we surprised? They fixed the Hillary case. I mean, that was a total fix, corrupt deal. So,
0: how did the DOJ change? You were the number two man there at one point. It happened, it ha-
1: I, I believe it happened somewhere in the Obama Holder. I mean, Holder was a, a very, very uh, po- political AG. There was a lot of, of uh, prejudicial cases and unfair cases against conservatives, oh. but nobody wanted to hear it. That was the now, shift. Now it's clear. I mean, they, the, only, the only lawyers whose offices get searched are Donald Trump's lawyers.
0: And you are the fourth lawyer, I believe. Your office, your home yeah, I, has I'm been searched. I'm trying to
1: find another lawyer who has been searched. <laughs> I never did it. In fact, one time I had a chance to search a lawyer's office who represented the mafia. And I might have gotten a commission meeting out of it. And I thought, no, no, uh, the, the attorney a time, commission
0: meeting, what do you mean by that?
1: Uh, the mafia commission. Oh, you A would've... lawyer was maybe hosting it, We're not, right. we weren't sure. The FBI wanted to get in. And I made the decision, no, 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 we can't do that because we could jeopardize the whole case that way.
0: So you have been targeted, uh, they raided your house. They're doing
1: things to me that I would never do. Are you? It unconstitutional. Sense. Are you in
0: trouble right now? Do you feel like you're in trouble?
1: No, I'm not in trouble. I mean, the only thing I have to face is a bunch of prosecutors that don't seem to be bound by the law. Well, that
0: sounds like it could be. (laughs) I would not. That would be that would be upsetting to me. You've been through. I guess I'm a
1: fighter. Yeah. And I ultimately believe that if you do anything wrong, they can't frame you. I mean, that's why I represented Donald Trump. I represented Donald Trump because he was an innocent man being accused of things he didn't do. And I find that. Abhorrent, And I find that that's the highest role for a lawyer to, to do. The hardest thing to do is to represent an innocent man.
0: I first met, Great you, pressure. I first met you in 1986, and uh, I know in my gut that you did absolutely nothing wrong. I do. I just, uh, and the New Yorkers know that. New Yorkers who have been paying attention. I want to ask you real quick. Uh, we don't have any much more time. Andrew Giuliani, your son, <laughs> is running for governor. And quite frankly... I, quite frankly, he's impressing people. I, I'm
1: impressed. I know. I know. I have people that have called me and said, "Gee, I didn't know he knew all that," and then he was—he's able to take command of a situation so well. And
0: well, he is.
1: Uh, what do you think? I mean, what, what do you give him pointers? I do, but he doesn't need too many. <laughs> I mean, I've, I have done it a few more times than he has, so there are a few things he can—he can learn. But he's. Uh, I, I, hard to say because I'm his father. He's impressing me, too. <laughs> well,
0: I know some of the uh, coverage has been negative, but guess who had negative coverage in the early stages? Donald Trump. They and didn't me. take him seriously <laughs> at all.
1: And wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Well, when I made the transition, well, he'll just be a prosecutor. He'll just put people in jail because that was a good thing to do back then. Wow. In fact, It wouldn't be bad if we had somebody unlike this mayor who lets people out of jail, who yeah. put people in jail.
0: Uh, finally, who will be the next mayor of New York City, do you think?
1: Yang, Ad, Ad, Adams, no, Adams, oh, no, Adams. Like uh, who's the long shot? Yang has sort of f- f- died, right? Curtis Lewa. Oh, Curtis will be the next mayor. I thought you meant the next Democratic candidate.
0: Well, next mayor, we're hoping. We got our fingers crossed for Curtis. We got no, to leave. Curtis,
1: it. Curtis, I mean, Curtis could really do this job. I mean, people sometimes under rate him because of the, of the, I don't know why, because of the guardian angels. That guy's a very, very smart guy. One of the smartest guys I know. And he knows the city and he has command of the one big issue. Crime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are only two people I could think of that could do the job right now, and one of them is your dad. And the other is Curtis.
0: Thanks very much. Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, to be continued, thank you so much, (laughs) our best to the president. We'll be right back, everybody.
6: Do you believe or is there evidence that SARS-CoV-2 was made in a lab in China or accidentally released from a lab in China?
2: Well, you know, there's two issues. If you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there now, it's very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated the way the mutations have naturally evolved.
0: All right. It was a mouthful there. But back in uh, 2020, May, uh, Dr. Fauci was saying, uh, no, it did not come from a lab. It came from bats. And now, May of 2021, Jill Biden is safely in the White House. Uh, What's Dr. Fauci saying now?
4: There's a lot of cloudiness around the origins of COVID-19 still. Um, So I wanted to ask, are you still confident that it developed naturally?
2: I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we find out, to the best of our ability, exactly what happened. Certainly, the people who've investigated say it it likely was the emergence from an animal reservoir that then infected individuals, but it could have been something else, and we need to find that out. So, you know, that's the reason why I said I'm perfectly in favor of any investigation that looks into the origin of the virus. Oh,
0: boy, this guy has spent a long time in the swamp. (laughs) Uh, He changed his mind on a lot of issues. Anyway, we're very grateful to the COVID task force that President Trump formed. And one of the key members was Admiral Brett Giroir, former assistant secretary for health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And, uh, yes, key member of that COVID task force team and so uh, instrumental in the uh, testing effort. And... uh, Thank you, Admiral Jawar, once again for joining us. How are you?
6: I'm doing great. It's great to be on with you again.
0: I know you've been frustrated by how the mainstream media have told this story, but I want to, if you don't mind, talk about Dr. Fauci. It seems to me from the outside that he has been all over the place on this. And have you noticed the same thing or am I missing something?
6: Well, it's almost a year to the day that you see a complete turnaround in his opinion and It it doesn't bother me that people may change an opinion based on new facts. What bothers me more is last May, there was no evidence of sequential evolution in bats. That was completely a fabricated statement. There was no evidence to suggest it came from uh, out in the environment. But yet he said that. And we know exactly the opposite. The WHO report, even the WHO report says there's no evidence of evolution in the environment. It jumped like 20 or 30 years overnight. And how do you do that? You do that in a laboratory. And that's exactly what I think happened. It came from the Wuhan lab. The circumstantial evidence is becoming quite compelling. And with the recent manifestations that uh, we don't know if they're exactly true yet, published in the Wall Street Journal about laboratory technicians getting sick in November, it all comes together
0: then why would Dr. Fauci have said what he said a year ago, given that the facts did not support that? Why would he say something like that?
6: I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, a, a physician and a public health guy. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, so I can't talk about motives. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, he is at NIAID. NIA, he runs NIAID, right? He funds this type of research. He's part of a generally liberal scientific community, and the liberal scientific community came out immediately because President Trump said that this could be from China, they said absolutely not, right? And so he is part of that community, I think his natural instinct is just to go with the scientific lemmings uh, across the hill and all over the cliff without really, uh, you know, giving good credence to what the possibilities are. Now look, there was no direct evidence that it was human manipulated, but there's lots of ways not to uh, leave behind fingerprints on a virus. So just because there wasn't direct evidence didn't convince me at all. And we have all said from the beginning, uh, you got to keep your eyes open. This could have easily come from the Chinese lab. And the more and more data come out, the more and more that this is the overwhelming likelihood. So
0: it wasn't just the scientific community acting like lemmings. Uh, uh, the mainstream media went right along with them over that cliff. And here's a, here's a sampling of what they were saying when Donald Trump who were so bold as to blame China for mistakes, uh, this is how they reacted. President Trump continues to blame China for the spread of the coronavirus, and as tensions rise, researchers from the lab where many on the right have claimed the virus originated, say they are not responsible for the outbreak. The president clearly
6: intent on blaming China, saying he's confident the virus started at the Wuhan lab. There has always been
4: this uh, urge, this this desire on the part of the White House uh, to blame China for this.
0: You know, they never seem to understand that President Trump might have access to information that they did not, you, members of the COVID task force, might be briefed on things that they did not have immediate access to. I think that's one of the reasons why we had a disconnect. That and a heck of a lot of Trump animosity, let's face it. Um, so, Admiral, are you satisfied with where we are today uh, in fighting this thing?
6: Uh, I am satisfied. I, I'm excited where we are in fighting COVID. And uh, I'm going to say again, with uh, incredibly minor deviations, the Biden administration is exactly following Operation Warp Speed. They're using the vaccines that were approved by the Trump plan. Uh, They're using the 70,000 vaccination sites that we had already conscripted. They're using the 1 billion needles and 900 million doses that we had already contracted for. So yes, when we talked about last September and October and November, that every American who wants a vaccine can have a vaccine by June. This is exactly playing out the way we described it. So make no mistake, I give the Biden administration credit for taking the baton and carrying it across the finish line because we're almost there. But again, they had like a three-lap lead in the mile relay when they took that baton, and that's because of Operation Warp Speed, our task force, the leadership of the president, vice president, and Secretary Azar.
0: Wow. And incredibly minor deviations. And yeah, they act like that baton. They found it and it was in the wrong direction. Didn't they? No, you handed it off. They well, picked it up. Good for them. Good for them.
6: Well, I wasn't looking to get back on media after I left. I wanted to have sort of a quiet transition. But when I heard uh, everyone, including the president and the vice president, saying they were left with a mess and there was no plan, I just couldn't take those complete fabrications. Uh, Americans deserve the truth. It's so perverse to try to cancel what was great among the Trump administration just for political purposes. And and that's really why I started coming on media again, for that reason. And I'm glad to have the opportunity to assure the American people that uh, this is a great American success story, but that success started uh, and is only possible because of the Trump administration.
0: Well, good for you for stepping forward. We're so appreciative that uh, you did that. And we would see you at the, at the podium, at the task force. And quite frankly, I was. Can you tell us um, about being an admiral and, and, a, and an assistant secretary of health? Uh, for a lot of folks in the public, those things don't go together, but they do.
6: So, the assistant secretary for health, uh, I was the 16th. Um, there is an option for the assistant secretary who uh, is uh, the direct. Uh, the Surgeon General reports directly to the Assistant Secretary for Health that that person, if they are qualified or are so deemed are nominated by the President, confirmed by the Senate, um, becomes an admiral in the Public Health Service. The Public Health Service started in 1798. We've been in uniform since 1889. We've served in all major conflicts. We get militarized. Um, And I was the fifth Assistant Secretary for Health was nominated by a president and confirmed to be in uniform. Being in uniform uh, was the honor of my life with my brothers and sisters in uniform, and this was clearly a joint operation. Uh, in my office, I had people from the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Public Health Service, all working together um, to combat this pandemic. And the loss of life is tragic, but I do believe, and as you see now, America has overcome this much better than almost any country in the world.
0: And we are grateful to you and President Trump and everyone else involved. Admiral Brett Jawar, thank you again. Stinchfield is standing by. we got to check in with him for a preview of the show. Stinch, sorry, kind of short on time here. What do you got?
2: Oh, uh, you're good. I can't help but watch at the beginning of your segment and thinking Democrats love to defend our enemies, right? I mean, from China and then Hamas. Well, what is it like, Greg? To get beat up on the streets of New York City simply because you're Jewish, beat up by Palestinian rioters. Uh, We're going to talk to a Jewish New York City man who went through just that, put in the hospital. He's on the show tonight.
0: Excellent. And not enough people are talking about it. I'm so glad you are. Give that man our best. And uh, to be continued, we'll be right back. You want to know what the big lie is when they try to tell you that what happened on 9-11, nearly 3,000 people died. We lost. And this is only half of it. We had the plane crash in Shanksville and the Pentagon. That this and January 6th are somehow on the same level, the same level of tragedy, as George Will said, shock to the system. 9-11 and 1-6-21. Give me a break. That. Is the big lie, and be on guard for it. I'll see you tomorrow.